you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Still excited. We got Kevin on the ground here. I mean, there's things happening that we can actually look at each other when we're talking and stuff. It's kind of messed up. We're, we're able to pass things back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, um, so, all right. So here we are, Kevin. So this is the riddle of the day. Before you tell us how you're doing today, we got to do the riddle first. So it says, why didn't anyone want to fight Goliath? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I know the biblical answer is that he is just a big, scary dude. But there's got to be some humor to this. I can't tell. Well, you know what the answer is here? It seemed like a giant ordeal. <laughs> and, uh, Folks, I'm telling you, they're fourth grade jokes. That's the best one we've had this <laughs> that is, week. That's, yep. We thank God for the best fourth grade joke on Friday. Folks, we've been looking at the life of Christ. And 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 the reason we're doing this is because if we can understand the life of Christ and what he's done for other people, what he can do for you, what he's done for me, the old gospel song he could do for you. And, uh, and folks, we want to look at what God's done. We want to look at his life. We're going to keep on digging away in the book of John. We're going to head into the synoptics, the other gospel. The Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where we're going to be looking at sign miracles. We're going to be looking at names of Christ. So the answer there from Bill on Monday is, Bill, we're hanging out here for a while. And, uh, you know, maybe by Christmas, uh, we'll be all done. Maybe by Thanksgiving. I don't know. But I'm just honored we get to look at him. Just by, by way of a quick update and a reminder, we would love to have you folks come out. Two categories of people, people with PTSD and, and people who want to learn about how they can help folks with PTSD and how they can stay away from it september 11th through september 15th at camp joy in whitewater wisconsin call mr moore today and sign up we need you to come on out special music uh brought to us by the howerton girls you want to be out there and be part of it that's kevin's pastor's daughters and they sing well don't they kevin mm, they do and yeah, they play well blessing too. yeah good attitude too yeah, so come on out and be part of that. So today, as we move forward, uh, we find ourselves in, in John chapter 5. Yesterday we did, as you remember, we did 1 through 9. We're talking about, we're continuing on with that. We're talking about the, the, the pool of Bethesda and that poor lame guy who was out there at the pool, couldn't get in when the water was troubled, found out he didn't need to get in when the water was troubled. Christ came to him right where he was at, told him to get up. He got up, started hanging out, moving around. And in a way, I think there's got to be a little bit of jumping going on. I just think that if I'm laying around for 38 years, there's going to be some <laughs> shrieking. Uh, there's going to be on my knees crying. There's going to be some praying. There's stuff going. I, I mean, folks, there's going to be so many tears for me at this point. There's a puddle on the ground mm. and I'm going to want to run down the road and take off. It's like that old Booth Brothers song, you know, mm. <laughs> ask the blind man. He saw it all. And man, when <laughs> God heals people, when things start changing, man, you're running down the road. You're going home to tell people, look at me. They're going to say, did you get in the pool? No, better than that. I was healed by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's where we find ourselves. We're in John chapter 5, starting in verse number 10. The Jews, therefore, uh, said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. You know, here we are. Okay, now I'm telling you. 
you have got to be a religious freak if you're not getting into the screaming and shouting that's going on. <laughs> You've got some serious problems. If God heals the brethren, if there's a brother there that just got healed, hadn't walked in 38, you know this guy. You walk by the pool. He's been there a long time. Mm. He stinks, folks. He's not taking a shower in the morning. He's not in the jacuzzi. He's not at the gym lifting weights. He's he, he's not getting a massage. His body stinks. It's scrawny. It's this. All of a sudden, the guy's muscular enough and robust enough to jump up and listen to God. And and what do the Jews do? They find a problem. This is a Sabbath. You shouldn't have been healed today. You know what? This guy must have been thinking, you guys are losers. That's mm-hmm. what this guy's thinking. You haven't been on the ground for 38 years. It's not your kid on the ground. It's not your friend on the ground. He answered, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is it which said unto thee, take up thy bed and work? And I love this. And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in peace. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Mm. You know, he's out there saying, it's Christ. It's Jesus. He made me whole. He tells the Jews. You know, he leaves there, Kevin. He bails and starts telling people, it's Jesus. I don't care who you said Jesus is. I know the guy that made me whole. I know the guy that got me up off the ground. I know the guy that I now trust in and uh, believe in and healed me. And, and Kevin, I got to tell you, it's a pretty big deal for this guy at this point. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the religious response to this thing is just unbelievable. And as you're talking there, here's... I'm picturing, just like you said, the guy is excited. He's running. And it's tremendous that people get help from God. But what in the world is this religious crowd that suddenly decides it's time to take a stand about something of someone getting such kind of help? And, and you know, I see this as, again, an, an example of narcissism. These Jews were run at this time. The Pharisees, Sadducees, they had descended into the leadership of narcissists. I'm convinced of that because they chimed in. They they took the microphone when someone else was was on stage, and they wanted to upstage them with a uh, you know holy diatribe here. You know they're like, well, it's not lawful. Okay, so what is it that would cause someone to take a stand? They get It's like King Saul. If you remember anything about King Saul, he was a narcissist. And, and we know that because the fact that he gaslighted, he, um, he, he, when, um, when David you know, got, the, the women were shouting praise to him. He's like, oh, David gets 10,000 and I've only been attributed you know, thousands. So... Um, and he became, he eyed David from that time forward. But anyway, G- Jesus Christ healed this guy, and now the religious crowd are taking their stand. And you know what? Unfortunately, among us, Doug, among people that profess to be Bible-believing people, the thing that unsettles them the most is when they, as a human, are upstaged in the authority that they have risen to, their position is threatened and and because their position is equated with the success of God their success is 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 runs parallel to the success of God in their mind 
there's not such thing as a God that would let them be humiliated. Um, they chime in with this terrible narcissistic abuse and um, gaslighting people and say, oh, no, this isn't of God. This isn't of God. Then here's some scripture to prove it. Okay, hold on. The scripture they're using is a scripture, but is it is misapplied because God said if your ox falls into the ditch, you can pull them out on the Sabbath day. Here's a guy that needed something on the Sabbath day. Oh, you could have waited till Monday. Yeah, but what's what's taking place here? Here's here's faith being exercised. And Jesus, and by the way, God is Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He can tell him take up his bed and walk. But what a what a wonderful um, response, like you said, Doug. He rose, took up his bed, and walked, and went and told everybody about it. Yeah, you know, and we just just exactly what Kevin's saying. There's those who want to throw cold water on the parade. There's mm. those. I've been in churches where a guy got up and preached a message, and uh, it was just wonderful. A couple people got saved, and the pastor, a young guy who had just taken over later on that night, said. Well, if I had preached that message, people would have got saved too or something. It was just terrible. And then I was preaching for some dear friends of mine, the Gorman family out there in Colorado. You met them out in Colorado yes. City yeah. and uh, Colorado Springs and just wonderful people. And well, I was preaching for them when they started their first church outside of Fort Drum. I preached the opening service and, and this dear lady and her daughter got saved, an Air Force lady and her daughter. Mm. And, and, and I mean, brother, God did a work. It was this Air Force officer and her daughter and they came mm. forward and got gloriously saved and i looked Praise at another Lord. missionary who lasted with us when i was running ampm for about five days you know maybe maybe five months i don't know it wasn't very long but i walked over to him and i said it a great blessing that god saved two people today and this guy looked at me and i'll never forget this is what he said he made this statement brother he said if they really got saved and uh and i'm going to tell you something brother I just wanted to kick him in the teeth yeah. right then, right there. Just uh, lift up my foot, kick him in the teeth, mm -hmm. you know, beat the snot out of him. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I think this friends, I think that we have an innate responsibility to recognize God and what he's doing. Yeah. I think we also yep. have a responsibility to get rid of the pride that's within us and leave it at the altar of our mm. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. These religious people are complaining about a man that got healed from laying on the ground for 38 years. Yep. Yep. Folks, you've got to check your complaining mechanism if that's yeah. who you are. You've got to sit out and say, what in the world am I doing, man? Uh, people are getting healed. People are getting saved, and I'm mad. Stop it. Grow up. Let it go. It's all right, man. God's going to work. So be involved with it. Praise mm. that wonderful God. He alone can heal. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So, folks, this is, you know, what comes to my mind is religion. Kevin, I can't help this, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're loaded with religion, aren't we? Yeah. It's almost like we're born with it. You know what I mean? I I remember, I, 
I had got born again on October 15th, 1993. A guy died in my arms. You guys, most of you have heard this story. I was in the Army. I was at Fort Bliss, Texas. And anyway, by the end of the day, we finally got released. It was memorial service. It was identifying the body. There was all kinds of stuff that had to check the blocks. And I drive home, and this chaplain who led me to the Lord gave me this business card and said, this is your pastor, a guy named Bob Stewart at Hillcrest Baptist Church in El Paso. And I remember I got home, and I told my wife, you know, I just became a born-again Christian or something. Well, folks, this must have exploded her world, you know. Here she is. She's still going to Catholic Church. At this point in my life, I'm watching football. I mean, I'm at this Art Majors Academy. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere on Sunday. Sunday was like I was working while watching football. And uh, it's when I did my best work on my college work there at this Art Majors Academy. But anyway... I called this pastor up and I said, Pastor, you need to get to my house right now. I live with a reprobate. And I'll never forget what Bob Stewart said to me on the phone. Bob said, where did you learn that word? And what I said was amazing. I'm still amazed by that 30 years later. My words were, I have no idea. (laughs) But folks, there's an evilness in us. There's a pridefulness in us. There is uh, within us everything we need to be sinning fools saying stupid things. I'm just, and some people have diarrhea of the mouth and it's as bad Mm. as having a virus is worse. It never ends. But you know, we serve a God that can take that pride. We serve a God that can help us through those things. And thank God just Months later, I guess it would have been nine months later, Debbie accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior in spite of the terrible things I called her. But we serve a great God. So Kevin, religion, calling people words, talking about the guy down the street, what does that do for us? Does nothing. Does, you know, religion never helped anybody. Again, the, the notion that someone cares more about the fact that this guy was healed on the Sabbath than then that he was healed period it's just uh you know it's uncomprehendable but you know jesus christ was he walked outside of that whole religious thing he by the way people say well i don't go to church because religion blah 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 guess what jesus still went to temple the worst people in the world were in the temple but the institution of the temple was still a godly institution and i just want to say about church god still instituted the local church and you say man i've had these bad experiences in church some of the worst leaders some of the religious yeah yeah don't throw out the baby with the bathwater don't make your life miserable because you're avoiding god's institution guess what i'm not excited about who's in the white house today but our nation's founding included government. And if it's not of the people, by the way, before the people, it's, it's, this is still designed to work. We just need to, again, get to work. The church is designed to work. Just get yourself a good church. Get in one where the leadership is humble and as a big God. If you have those two things in place, then you can go from there and say, you know, uh, you know, obviously doctrine's got to be right. Obviously, we've got to not be screwy on the idea of what's, you know, is Scripture final authority? Is it is it sufficient? But no, it's uh, it's just amazing that the uh, whole idea of a um, of Bethesda, the House of Mercy, religion has showed up without mercy. I remember I picked up a hitchhiker years ago when you could pick, pick up hitchhikers back in the eighties, and I took them to Bethesda Mission in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
And I, I thought to myself, surely someone here will care. Well, I don't know that I got into the right door. I went to a church right next door. It was probably not affiliated with the mission because a cigar smoking, you know, a smoke sucking guy with a wife beater shirt was a pastor of the local church. <laughs> there. And he said, he said, yeah, I'm not the, but that's the mission. <laughs> I don't know what you can do with this guy. Well, it was a homeless guy. I'm just trying to get him some help. I ended up taking him home for the night. And I uh, had a good time with him, witnessing to him and giving him a meal and whatnot. He slept on the floor. It's hard to do that stuff nowadays. Someone, he may kill your wife. But yeah. anyway, God uh, is is in the house of mercy. He is the house of mercy. So if you're not getting mercy from the religionists or the people by the pool, uh, look to mercy itself. Yeah, there it is. And the merciful one, the the God of all heaven, the, the God of all creation. And just knowing that, and I've been thinking, I'm just going on with this whole idea of religion, trying to help you out. Folks, I was steeped in religion at one point in my life. After I, I went to churches that would criticize the church down the road. You know, I'm steeped in Christ now. Now, I'm a Baptist by belief, uh, just be mm. honest with you. I, I'm a Bible verse by Bible verse guy, uh, but I'm not about bad-mouthing the guy down the road. I'm not about... <laughs> Uh, I'm not about uh, being mad because someone gets saved or someone's body gets healed. I'm not about being mad because God is working with another group. I'm about being on my knees thanking yeah. God for that. It's about attitude. It's about perspective. And, and folks, this is maybe a good day on this Friday to have a perspective check. And uh, just be asking yourself, am, am I all in with God here? Am I excited when God's people are excited? And I'm encouraging, if I got a good pastor, am I encouraging them? Am I, am I doing it? Those are questions that I think uh, are best answered when we're by, in the light of what God's saying in our hearts, what, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, because I've been negative before. I've brought mm. bad juju upon churches. So, mm. folks, I'm not, you know, when I look in the mirror, I see somebody who's guilty of this. What I'm saying to you, and, and my three decades as being a Christian, I'll tell you this, I've grown an awful lot. And I wish somebody would have sat down with me 30 years ago and said, hey, Doug, Hey, Doug, you know, let's, let's rejoice in what God's doing everywhere. I, I, you know, I was in a really good church when I got saved. I'm not bashing. There's only one church that's really messed me up, too. One guy was a nut, and then the other guy tried to ruin my life here a while back. But I, I think most of the other places were, were my fault, my problem. And, and brethren, let me say this to you. Don't be the one that says it's my fault, my problem. So, Kevin, how do we, how do we change? How do we get to the place where we don't get upset because the guy down the road got saved or got healed? How do, how do we get there? Mm. You know, for me, there's been some life-changing verses. Uh, you know, whenever someone came to, a, to Jesus Christ in the New Testament and said something like, hey, there's some people that they're doing what looks to be right things, but they're not with us. They followeth not with us. He said, uh, you, you know, leave them alone. Uh, if they're not for us, if they're not against us, they're for us. I mean, you just look at that and just at face value, you say, whoa, Jesus Christ does not take lightly the fact that I would criticize someone who's not one of us. So l let it go. I'm not, it doesn't mean Jesus sent them to, you know, to work with those people, it, you know, stick with those that, that believe what you believe. And in the Old Testament, some people uh, complained, like, I forget who it was to, I think it was to David, and said, David, what about these people prophesying? Uh, and he said, would to God all people's, all, all God, everyone was God's prophet. 
you know, basically let them alone. And again, in the New Testament, there was a woman bawling and squalling and worshiping Jesus and making quite a scene. And the religionists like, shut her up. And Jesus said, leave her alone against the day of my burial. She'd done this. So our, uh, the word of God has helped me, Doug, more than anything else, by just reading the fact that God basically says, plow your own field. Let someone else, if they're going crooked in their furrow, you stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah, and staying in your lane is so important and knowing that we're servants of God. And, man, when things happen good around being a servant of God, rejoice, brethren, because that's a blessing that God has let you be part of, even to see it or witness it. We were at church last night, so as Debbie and I sat there, one of the things that happens on Wednesday night is they carry it, run a microphone around the auditorium. They said, what did you do in your community? What, what, but did you share the gospel with someone? Is there someone we can pray for? And they always do about five or 10 people that run around the church. And there's always this old man. And whenever he stands, I mean, he can barely stand up. He's not, and I'm an old man. Kevin's an old man. We get that. All right. Uh, he can barely stand up. You know, when I see that man, I see that 22 year old Bible college graduate just being mm. so excited. He comes alive when he grabs that microphone on Wednesday nights. I shared the gospel three times. One man I need you to pray for. Man, be that person. Be that person. We love you guys. Mm. We hope you have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Go to church this weekend. And hey, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.